0: Welcome to Language Chats. This is a podcast for language lovers in Australia and beyond where we share our experiences of language learning with you, as well as the stories of other Australians and a few international guests who love learning, working with and communicating using other languages. I'm Penny. And
1: I'm Beck, and we'd like to begin this episode of Language Chats by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we're recording today, the Wadawurrung people and the Wurundjeri people, and we pay our respects to their elders, past and present. Now, Penny, before we get into our exciting topic today, a bit of a recurring uh, episode for us um, on Language Chats, um, I wanted to let you know that after our chat, our last episode, I did have a go at um, doing a different language pairing on clothes, Master. Oh, well
0: Bec, how did you go and what languages did you pair?
1: Good. So I paired um, French and Danish, which oh, I was excited was to be fun. able to pair the two of them, which is quite cool. So I, um, yes, was able to kind of learn some or practice some Danish um, while also using one of my other languages. Um, so I have been quite enjoying that on Close Master, and Closemaster is, of course, um, our sponsor at the moment of Language Chats. Um, we're very grateful to have their
0: support. We sure are. And I love that. I love that you love the language pairing thing because I just got a huge <laughs> kick out of it as well and I know I talked about that last episode. Another awesome feature um, on Master that I've loved as well is Close reading. Ooh, and tell us more. It's a desktop feature. So I don't think we've mentioned this yet, Beck, but Clothesmaster is an app but it also is a desktop feature you know you can use it in the desktop version and this particular feature is a desktop feature so you just log into close master using your normal login and go to the languages that you're learning and so for example in french is where i found the um the closed reading feature and it's also in chinese as well um, it's, it's really cool because there's all these different kind of themed articles to choose from, you know, things like geography and history and famous people, and the articles are tiered by difficulty, and then it's the same kind of closed function where you hover over the empty space, the word that's missing, and then there's a multiple-choice option where you can then select the word that belongs in that sentence. And then, you know, you're either right or wrong and the sentence is then repeated to you in the um, the native language. And I just think it's a bit of fun.
1: How cool. I think that's really great and nice to have some, like, practice kind of in context as well. Um, but also I love that it also reads out, like, that you get audio too. Yes.
0: And you can choose oh, your voice good. as well. Ah. So, you know, Amelie or Toma and... Um, you can also save the words that are, you know, being used in this, in this article to a particular collection so that you can go back and refresh and revise those words as well. How good.
1: Well, if you would like to try out some of these cool features on Master, that's C-L-O-Z-E-M-A-S-T-E-R, then give the, you know, you can download the app. You can also try the desktop version. Um, But of course, uh, do remember that with uh, the code language lovers, um, you can get 10% off the pro version of Close Master, um, where you can take your language learning to the next level with um, some unlimited listening exercises in 31 languages, um, sentence favoriting for extra practice, some automatic translations as well, um, and lots of other different cool features um, that are added on with pro. So Penny, this is probably one of my favourite episodes that we record now on an annual basis for Language Chats. Um, So some of the maybe long-time listeners of Language Chats out there will remember the past few years we've done an episode each year to talk about what we've been watching, um, whether that is TV series or or films as well, Um, and I always love it because I love TV and I also love film. (laughs) I spend a lot of time watching all sorts of things on screens. But something a bit special for this episode is that we're actually bringing back one of our guests from earlier this year, aren't we?
0: Yeah, we are. Welcome, Lamont. We're so happy to have you here with us.
2: Hey, guys. How are you going?
1: Great, Lamont, we're great and we're particularly great to have you back on Language Chats for a second time this year. So thank you for joining us again.
2: No worries. Thanks for having me.
1: Our pleasure. Um, And for context, I guess, for everybody here, why have we asked Lamont to come back onto Language Chats um, again in 2022? Now, in our last chat with Lamont, um, back in Episode 71, Actually, we, we got chatting about a, a TV series um, after we'd finished recording that episode um, and Lamont, I want you to tell us a little bit about that and how it fits into your story because basically when we were having this discussion, Penny and I then thought straight away, actually, maybe we should invite you back for our TV and film episode <laughs> later on this year. So um, Lamont, could you tell everybody a little bit about what that series was that you told us um, that you gave us a bit of info on at the time?
2: Yeah, so it's called Trapped, um, or that's its English title. Its uh, Icelandic title translates to something more like uh, impassable or like, you know, cannot pass. Um, And it's sort of, you could argue, like the beginning of my whole uh, journey with at least like videos about language learning because um, I actually started my channel originally about Uh, foreign non-English language TV shows and movies basically because of that series Uh, because there was no one talking about it I couldn't find any reviews of it or anything and I was like I don't understand this someone needs to be talking about this even if it's just me and like four people watch the video Uh, so I actually did a few videos first just to sort of build up to that and Uh, Since then, I've watched it maybe, I think I've seen this whole series four times or season one four times or something, and I like it equally every time, and I was also lucky enough to speak to um, Dari Olofsson, who plays the main character in that series, Andri. Um, I spoke to him, I don't know, sometime earlier this year, uh, because he was nice enough to say yes when I asked him if he wanted to have a chat, so... Uh, yeah, it's just be that's sort of even though I don't learn Icelandic, I just for me, that's like a it's got a strong connection with my language story and yeah, interest, I guess.
0: That's a great story because it's so it just, cool. I think it just ties into everything that we love to talk about, don't we, Beck? How you know, I TV know. can be a springboard and for so many things language related in our life. So, exactly. Beck, have you actually gone and watched Trapped? I have
1: so pretty much uh, straight after we had that chat with Lamont earlier in the year I was like wow this sounds really good and also if it like entirely springboarded your like YouTube creator career um, then I was like I think I need to watch this TV show Um, and luckily for those of us in Australia it is actually all available on SBS on demand Um, so I was like yep perfect like I'm gonna go watch this and watch the whole first season and loved it Oh. It was great, and also lovely to hear Icelandic. I don't know very much about Icelandic, but I really enjoyed listening to the sounds of um, the sounds of the language. It's very—I found it very different to other Scandinavian languages that I've heard, um, and also like I, I liked the. There seem to be these real like th sounds in yep. um, Icelandic that are not apparent in the other Scandi languages. Am I right?
2: Yeah, I believe so. Um, it's it's all tied up there uh, to do with like, th- the, I'm going to explain this really poorly, but you know how English used to have those words that mean sort of traveling in a direction that way, like uh, dither or, or thither, thither and whither. like whither is sort of where from, as in where are you coming from and all that kind of stuff. So that's still present in, I think, all four of the main... Scandinavian languages um, as in like not including finnish cuz but um so and icelandic has some separation between the th sound and the th sound and they so the way they pronounce it is very i don't it's yeah it's just it's wrapped up in the, they've got a lot of sort of words that seem to have both of those so that for us they'd be immensely difficult tongue twisters and um, a swedish guy told me that they basically sounds a lot like Swedish, but if you were to only ever use the front of your mouth, like the lips and the teeth, more so than uh, Swedish, which uses more like the whole mouth. Um, and so you get a lot That's it's kind of hard to describe in English, but it's a sort of thing. Oh, yeah, that is than, kind of how yeah. it sounds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love that, that sounds but it amazing. It is a beautiful language. And the whole series is just beautiful to listen to because uh, it was scored by a couple of geniuses as well.
1: Amazing. Um, could you give everybody who is listening a little bit of a rundown of, I, I'm sure without giving anything away, of course, mm. um, a little bit of a rundown of what Trapped is about?
2: Oh, yes. Um, it's a very kind of, in a way, it's a very classic uh, cozy school mystery, so uh, murder mystery. So if people who don't know what cozy school means, it's sort of where only a select group could have done it. Uh, because of where and when the murder took place, uh, it's that, but it has a kind of a twist within that, which is that we're not entirely sure that only th- those people could have done it. And we also don't know who the victim is, um, because of various details that may might be a bit gruesome to to name. Um, but yeah, it's it's the village is the the people on a ferry are literally trapped in. Uh, in this place because they can't allow the ferry to leave while there might be a murderer on board and then the people in the village are trapped because they're sort of snowed in so they're in this kind of far north rural Icelandic town um and it's that but that description of it never really does it justice because it's just the craft of the thing like the particularly what do you find out and where and who might have been involved or may not have and the moral implications that presents to the small town police and things it's just so it's so clever and and cozy despite the fact that it's obviously like minus 15 degrees the whole time but yeah yeah,
1: it, it does look really freezing in <laughs> basically this whole series um but i agree why i enjoyed the like i was compelled the entire time watching this series to keep watching because i you couldn't work out who had done it um and there were so many there were so many like weird and interesting clues along the way that sort of seemed to point in one direction or another like you could definitely tell there were some things there are some dodgy things going on Exactly, but you can't yeah. work out whether some people are just being a bit dodgy, um, and that has nothing to do with the murder, um, or whether it definitely does have something to do with the murder, and are actually quite a few people implicated. It's it's very, um, it keeps you guessing really the whole yeah. way through the series. Yeah,
2: which, as far as I understand, is sort of more classic noir, as in if you go back to the sort of um, Humphrey Bogart era of uh, what's that. The big, the big sleep. Yeah, the big sleep was this sort of noir where, by the time you're at the end of it, the missing girl is not actually really the point because they've uncovered all this other really dodgy stuff. Uh, and I think so. I think trapped is probably more genius than a lot of people even realise because of that element of it. And there's just you just finding out layer on top of layer of mystery.
0: Is there just the one season?
2: There are actually three, I think, but uh, I've not been able to locate the third season anywhere. Okay. Um, season two, I don't, I don't want to sound too mean, but season two is not nearly as compelling as season one okay. was. Mm-hmm. It's still worth watching, but yeah.
1: And still has the same main character, I think. Is that right? Yeah, it's, got, yeah. it's in,
2: in the same town with the same police. Yeah. Okay.
1: Very good. All right. Ooh. Well, for all of those who are in Australia, yes, you can watch it at the moment on SBS On Demand. It's free to stream. Um, and for those elsewhere,
0: I'm sure there are other places where you can find it online too. When you were talking about Icelandic, it made me think about one of the shows that I was I watched this year, um, Borgen or Borwen, is that right? <laughs> Power and Glory. And – so that is in Danish, of course, um, but there's a really big um, Greenlandic element mm. in that series as well. And I just I don't know whether Beck, because you've watched both series, if you cast your mind back, can you hear any similarities between Icelandic and Greenlandic, or am I completely off? Of course, yeah. Do you I'm, it-
1: look? I'm not sure, and again, I am no I am no expert on um, on either the language language of Greenland or really on Icelandic either. But, again, I really enjoyed listening to the parts of the most recent season of Borgen. So for, for those who um, have maybe watched the original, I think, three seasons of Borgen that there were, and we've we've spoken about them before on, on language chats um, because it was basically the reason I started learning Danish. <laughs> um, but uh, the... This most recent season has come back and basically ten years later, I think. Exactly um, ten years, yeah. Yeah, almost exactly ten years later, um, and has sort of picked up with a lot of the characters who were in the original in the original seasons. Um, but yes, you're right. There is a really significant focus on Greenland and kind of the relationship, I guess, between Denmark and and Greenland. Um, in this most recent season, and it is beautiful to listen to again the the difference in in the language of, of Greenland. It's yeah, it is very different, um, and I don't know, just really interesting also to hear some more things about the culture there too, which mm. is um, clearly also very very different.
0: Um, and I love that the series. Um- was really kind of, it felt very now as well. I mean, I know that it was released in 2022, so it is very now. But so many of the themes were so relatable, weren't they? You know, the, all the the climate crisis stuff, the geopolitical kind of argy-bargy. Um, and, yeah, I really loved it. It took me a while to get into the fourth series, actually, I have to be honest. But once I was in, I just loved it.
1: I feel like I loved it straight away. I, like, yeah. started watching it and I was like, oh, this is so good. And because it is so current, like, yeah. the the things that are dealt with are very much issues of now, as you say. Um, so, yeah, that one that one is on Netflix. It is. Yeah, yes, yeah. For those who want to watch it. Have you watched it as well, of it?
2: No, I, I was maybe a bit ambitious. There was a time that I was going through sort of trying to find everything possible in Swedish when when my Swedish wasn't that advanced yet. And I was just trying to find everything in Swedish. And if it wasn't in Swedish, I would try to watch it with Swedish subtitles. And I tried that with Borgen because Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, Danish and Swedish are not similar enough that Mm. that you can just it's not like you're learning Swedish by watching something in Danish. So I tried to watch it with Swedish subtitles and I think I was overrating my Swedish at the time because I couldn't really understand what was going on. <laughs> I'm sure I'd be fine now to watch it with Swedish subtitles. I have actually watched on on my list to talk about tonight, I have actually watched a Danish series with Swedish subtitles. Um, but yeah, Borgen was too much for me then. And so I haven't gone back to it, but I would like to now.
1: Yeah. yeah fair enough I think with the uh, the political kind of nature of the series as well means that it can be quite difficult to to follow both with speed and like level of vocabulary maybe if you are if you are an yeah. aspiring Danish learner like like I was mm. um and and I, <laughs> and then you just yeah. like pick up on a few words and you're like this is great. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sometimes it's deceptive like that because I think some political stuff can actually be easier than like people always say, oh, I can't talk about politics in this. And I'm like, oh, I find politics a bit easier to talk about. But it it also you have to know what things mean in Denmark. Like, mm-hmm. for example, if you were American and watching an Australian uh, something about the the liberal party you would assume that that was like the the sort of center left party as it is mm-hmm. in the states but in here it's the conservative party so you, there's just stuff like that like in denmark they have a whole different system and you almost have to learn that uh even with uh, the killing for bridelson like i i was always like what but I don't understand, wasn't weren't they in the same thing? Why is she voting against him? Is she a traitor or is that like what she's supposed to do? I don't get it. Like, so I, I feel like you almost need, it's made for Danes really, I think. Mm.
0: Mm. A lot of coalitions, a lot of parties. and Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, Birgitta, the main character, also speaks French, which I love too. So she pulls that out a little bit in um, this season too, which is great. So um, what else have you got for us, Lamont? <laughs>
2: Um oh, well sticking with uh the Nordic theme I it was quite a while ago now that I watched it but um for anyone who hasn't seen Caliphate or Caliphate, um which is a Swedish series um but it's about it's pretty intense it's a it's sort of about um young Swedish girls being lured by extremism uh, sorry Islamic extremism. Um, in Syria, and the sort of battle to see, the the race between their parents and police and things to see if they can get them to stay, and then there's this whole other plot with um, the Swedish version of the CIA basically has been like tipped off that there might be an attack in Sweden, and it's just it it's very full on. It's a little bit far fetched at times, but. Um, the acting is excellent. There's Elliot Opheim, is the main actress and the main character, and she's she's in like all my favorite stuff. If she's in it, it's always going to be good. Uh, so, yeah, and that's just on Netflix. So if people okay. want to check that out, ah,
1: oh, cool, amazing. Haven't watched that. That's another right. one to add to my list. <laughs> that's a definite.
2: That's that's an absolute. A lot of English speakers who check that out end up saying, saying "Like, why didn't anyone tell me about this?"
0: Yeah. Amazing. Um, Beck do you have a like a number one on your list to share with us in this episode um, or do you like have like a mm, hundred number ones <laughs> I have well oh,
1: look, again I feel like I watch so much tv <laughs> um I do have quite a lot of stuff that I have watched this year um whether I should be proud of that or embarrassed I don't know um look probably the one that I've most recently watched that I feel like I've been telling a lot of people about um, for the last couple of months um, is a an Italian language series um, actually called My Brilliant Friend. Um, I don't know if either of you have heard about it.
2: No, I've never heard of it.
1: Okay. So um, it is actually based on, so in Italian it's called um, La Mica Geniale and um, it is based on a, a series of books by Elena Ferrante um, that – Kind of track the story of these two these two young girls who are growing up uh, kind of near Naples um, in the fifties. So the, the start of the story is them very young. Um, they're at I guess what the the equivalent of like primary school together. Um, but it's very much also about the context of I think Italy at that time in history, um, sort of post war. Um, you know the the story is about these these families that are all frankly quite poor and um, really struggling just to make ends meet. Um, and it's also a time where like education is not really equally, spread um across both you know across girls and boys um from you know whether or not they continue past a certain level um is not a given um and the friendship of these two girls who both in their own way they're both very intelligent um but quite different personalities and they become they become best friends um and Anyway, again, I don't want to give too much away because it really is a great, a great series. And there are at the moment three, three seasons out, and each of those seasons is one of the books. So there are four books. There's still one more season to come, I believe. Um, and yeah, all three of those are also available on SBS On Demand in Australia. Um, but you really see kind of the, the depth and real like intensity of. Um, what female friendships can sometimes be like. Um, so there's, there's yeah, this whole historical context of this story that's quite interesting, but also there's this real um, interesting female relationship between these two girls who are very close but very different and all sorts of um, kind of insecurities and competitiveness um, between these two girls who are both very intelligent. Mm. Um yeah, that's that's probably all I'll say. It's a really good watch. Um, like I've watched all three series so far, and the first one in particular is very good. The other two are also are also great. Um, and I've since started reading the books to kind of get myself across how how well represented it is in the series. But I would say now having read most of the first book, it's very true to the writing. Um, so yeah, that is probably. The, one of the best in-language series I've watched this year. Oh, wow. Great rapper.
0: Mm-hmm. That sounds yeah. fantastic. It's a
1: nice Italian to listen to too. It's very um, – a lot of it is in dialect, um, mm. especially at the beginning when they're young because they live quite close to Naples. It, it's very much in this um, southern Neapolitan dialect um, and it is only as they get older that you start to hear more like standard Italian um, oh, that's great! Especially as yes, as, as their again, I don't want to give too much away. I'm always so I'm always so concerned about like telling everybody all the details because I'm like I could I could go on about it for ages. Um, but yeah, as their education changes over time, um, so does the way that they talk and how they use language to interact with other people in their society. Also, um, so
2: I feel like that's. The one place that even the most realistic series will often not get into because it's like then you've got you've literally got to train the actors, uh, so it's normally not, yeah, it's normally just not bothered you. And you, if you sort of think about it, you think, oh, that that person wouldn't actually sound like that if they were from that part of the country.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. It's very, um, or at least a, as I understand, it's very true to um, yeah to the the region and and the way of speaking, and also seemingly the the kind of time um, that it is set. Um, but yeah, that is my recommendation. I'd say go for it. Have a have a watch, um, and let me know what you think because I'm I'm curious to hear also what other people like. As somebody who has learnt some Italian. Like I found it interesting from listening to the Italian and listening to how the dialect is different, um, the similarities between it, and also the things that are that are quite significantly, like you know, incomprehensible to mm-hmm. somebody who speaks standard Italian. Um, but like, I'm not sure how it would be if you're just if you're just somebody listening to it. Like, can you can you tell the difference if you don't have any knowledge of Italian? I mm. would
2: highly doubt that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because th- just just in my experience of. I remember the first time I watched The Bridge, um, the, the Swedish-Danish one, was long before I was interested in um, Swedish or Danish, as like in languages at all. And when I went back to it after learning just a bit of Swedish, I was like, oh yeah, that's actually quite obvious, even to me, when they're speaking Swedish and Danish. And now it's obvious. it's more obvious again it's like oh the the danish it's that obviously different that i can kind of go i sort of understand what they're saying in danish a little bit but i i know that both my wife and i were completely oblivious to it the first time we watched that series and she's still oblivious to it um she actually has to ask me she's like wait is that guy danish and i'm like no 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 no. he was definitely swedish but um so you know and they're much more i'm sure they're well, maybe they're not much more different, but they're probably more different than dialects of Italian, I would assume.
1: Yeah, well, so, I mean, who knows? Because honestly, I, like I do feel like sometimes what we consider to be dialect, like we, we talk about it as a dialect of Italian now, but really I'm sure that even Italians might say that Neapolitan is not so much a dialect as actually a, almost a different language in itself. It, like I, I don't know how how mutually um, mm. comprehensible um the like dialects are. Yep. Um but always yeah, I think it's it's nice to kind of have that added layer of of um intrigue sometimes to a to a series or to a film when you when you do listen to another language and and hear some um hear the differences. Oh, Absolutely. Sure.
0: That's, yeah. Absolutely.
2: That's that's for me that I've if I'm honest. When I got my Swedish to a level that I could understand everything with ease, I actually got a bit bored of mm. everything in Swedish and everything in English. I was just like, you just, you guys talk so slowly and clearly. And I feel like there's nothing else to pay attention to other than the plot, which has to be, these days it has to be really high level interesting for me to, to care as much as I did mm. like 10 years ago, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Something also that I love about the way – like when you, when you are watching um, films or TV shows in other languages is how sometimes the language can be used to make a distinction – between like for example in my brilliant friend it's it's really clear like when they're at home when they're with family when when they're children and they're kind of in this this area that they're growing up in they don't know anything else that's when they're using their the dialect and that's that's all they know and then you know as they get older um, standard Italian becomes more of a um, has more of a place because, you know, they, they move sometimes and they're living in different places where people don't speak the dialect that they grew up with. Um, we recently saw a film as well that was excellent and I would really highly recommend called The Quiet Girl. I don't know if either of you have heard of this movie. Hi, No. 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 Um, it came out earlier this year, at least in Australia, um, and it's actually an Irish language film, so like Irish, Irish Gaelic,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and Actually, the majority of the film is in Irish um, but there is a character who only speaks in English and it was really interesting to see how them only speaking English, despite everybody around them speaking both languages or at least having an understand like understanding English but interacting in Irish with family and friends and, and everybody else, it really made them seem distinctly like an outsider. Mm. Um, and I, I kind of, I really enjoyed how well that was used as kind of a a function to create difference in the film.
0: Yeah, that's yep. great. Did you see yeah. that at the cinema, Beck, or was that online?
1: Yeah, I did see that at the cinema, um, and it's not a long film. It's basically about a girl, so a young girl, I think it's probably set in like the 70s, um, and it's about a young girl who's probably like, I don't know, maybe like 11 or 12, um, and basically she is one child of many in a, in a large Irish family, <laughs> um, and she's actually a bit neglected to be honest, um, just in amongst all of the children and, and you know, they're poor and um, there's not much money and the father's probably drinking a bit of the money away and gambling a bit of it too and the poor mother's always pregnant and, <laughs> you know, the kind of the classic story. But um, this this girl is a bit neglected and she's having some trouble at school and she's still, you know, having some other troubles too at home and they send her away to stay with uh, who, you know, you sort of get the impression that they're an, a slightly distant relation um, for, I think, a summer, and it's her experience of kind of being away from her her family and staying with these this other couple, um, and how it sort of I guess changes her, um, and also just a, a different experience for her to to have people who are looking after her in a different way. Um, But, yeah, not a very long film and very beautifully done. Um, Yep, highly recommend. Hmm. Mm. I'm not sure if that one's streaming anywhere yet. It's, yeah, relatively new, so might still be one that comes out soon, like soonish. Okay. Onto the into The Quiet Girl. The Quiet Girl.
0: Lovely. Mm Mm-hmm. Lamont, when you're looking through your your list of things that you've enjoyed watching, are you finding a slant towards a particular language? Like are you drawn to things that are in languages that you've got some experience with or are you drawn to things that are in a genre that you're interested in?
2: Um, More the latter, but I did go through a phase there where I was quite sort of um, obsessed with with improving language skills. And I actually found that one of the downsides of sort of leaving French behind, which I did two and a half years ago, was that suddenly my menu of what I could watch and actually improve language skills went down significantly because even if the series is not in French, you can almost always watch it in French if you want to just watch some random American series. Um, but that's never the case with Swedish because they don't dub anything, so it has to be original Swedish or a kids' show. Um, So I kind of went through that phase where I was like, no, I have to watch stuff in Swedish, and I did get it. For a while there, I got into, like, specific Swedish YouTubers and stuff, and that was great, but these days I really just want to watch something, and uh, it took me a while to come back to just thinking, I just want to watch this, and that's okay, and it's in English, and that's fine. Um, But actually, thinking about when this, because I was, I'm about to reveal some new information on my channel, and I was like, oh, I can't tell these guys tonight because you know that then it would be spoiling the surprise. But this episode probably won't be out before my videos are out. I'm fairly sure. Um, so well. I, well, <laughs> it depends on the timing. You, it's like more than a week, though, right?
0: Okay. Mm. Is, is what, that true? Well, is it, no, we're, we're, we're due to release on Monday, actually.
2: Yes, Monday. Mm. Okay. Well, in that case, I can't say anything, but I, well, I can't say the details. I have um, <laughs> found out that I may have the opportunity to go to another country next year just for like a week, but uh, it's a country that I've sort of always, I've, I've always thought if I have an excuse to learn that language, I will. And so just out of nowhere, I tell the full story in my video, but out of kind of nowhere, within a single day, I was like, that's the language. That's what's happening. Even if I don't end up going, uh, there were too many things in one day telling me this is your next language. And thankfully, it's a language that most stuff is dubbed into. So now I can watch like anything um, and just watch watch it in that language if I want. Ooh,
0: this is exciting. Is, well, I feel I, like we I... should be laying bets or something. <laughs> I know. <laughs> How good. Just you know, keep the suspense of the month. We'll tune in yes. when it's released and we'll hear, hear the news along with everyone else. Hey, sure. that's
2: for, so cool. I love it. <laughs> I sort of don't like talking about the, the details of my life as if it's like as if it's some kind of show that anyone else is that interested in like i i know that's kind of the point of youtube in a way but i i i realize that this is hundreds of times more interesting to me because it's my life so so i'm kind of like does anyone actually care like it doesn't really matter but yeah i don't <laughs>
1: No, isn't oh, do like reality? I'm like reality TV is based on people caring about other people's lives? Yes, Actually, yeah. social media is also based on people caring about other people's lives. So like I reckon people are probably pretty interested.
2: <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. Um, but to answer your question, yeah, these days it's more just I, I just want to watch things. Uh, and if it's from the relevant country, then that's even better because then you get the cultural aspect as well. But, yeah, I just want to watch something that's good.
0: So is there anything else on your list that's kind of outside of your language realm that you'd like to share with us in this episode?
2: Yeah, I will name It's getting older now. I think it's a 2018 series, but it's still massively underrated. Uh, it's called The Day and it's um, Flemish, so Dutch-Belgian, uh, Belgian-Dutch, sorry. Um, and I find I don't know what it is about that country at that time that side of Belgium, actually, because it's not the whole of Belgium, it's only Dutch Belgium. Um, But they they know how to make TV series. Uh, So there's three of... the. I think there's three that they've made that I think are really, really good, but the day is standout. Um, uh, Actually, no, it's not, because Tabula Rasa, which is on Netflix, is probably their best one. So those two are are just so good. Um, It's... (laughs) So Taboola Rasa is on Netflix. That's easy for people in Australia. I think it's still on Netflix. I haven't checked. But uh, the day depends how keen you are. <laughs> <laughs> you you can access it um, through a Belgian, like their their version of SBS On Demand. Uh, but obviously it's like you would have to be learning Dutch or speak Dutch because uh, it, it doesn't have English subtitles given that it's in Belgium. Um but I just checked that before, before tonight, just to check that it was available anywhere. I watched it in, like, I watched it on a Swedish service. Oh no, Swedish um, SVT play, So it had Swedish subtitles, but that's where I saw it. Uh, but I just sort of wondered um, if it were available, and it is. And yeah, it's it's fantastic.
1: Okay. And so, is that what kind of what kind of series is it?
2: In a nutshell, um... it's um, kind of a. A heist with it, it's a long, like a. I just thought of a Swedish word to, to describe it then. Um, it's <laughs> What's the Swedish word that you would describe a, it a with? <laughs> um which means like long viewed, like a yeah. long running heist. So it's a heist that, 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 that then there's like consequences of. And then, uh, and actually, I just realized I can say the, um, it's, it's sort of got a bit of a what's the word like a, a gimmick gimmick is condescending it's a nice it's a cool thing about the series it's told from the stirs, like the the criminals point of view and then the same po- time like then that hour or whatever will be told from the police's point of view oh,
1: the, that's in the cool. next episode that is so cool. each one
2: each episode there's 12 episodes but it only covers six different time periods um and you just the way information is revealed is so so clever, it, where you where you, you kind of see things from the police's point of view, and you're like, oh, so the criminals are doing that. Oh, right. But then when you see the criminals' point of view, you realize, oh, that's not actually what is happening. Um, so yeah, very clever. And I've honestly thought of learning Belgian Dutch just because of how good they can make a series. <laughs>
0: Wow, that's amazing. It that sounds really good. So good. I'm
1: all, I'm all for being inspired by TV series and or films um, to learn languages, so uh, go for it. I say why not?
2: <laughs> so have, have, have neither of you guys seen Tabula Rasa?
0: No, no. haven't even heard of it
1: no, I, actually. Oh, wow. I so. Have, so this
0: is great. More things to add to my list. I yeah. have heard of it and now I'm like, ooh, now that you say that, but I have no idea what it's about. So what's that one about?
2: Um. That one's more intense. It can even be a bit scary, depending on your tolerance for for these things. Uh, I have a very low tolerance for like horror stuff, but it's only sort of half an episode that feels like that. Um, it's a woman who has lost her memory, um, but not in the sort of memento kind of way, as in she doesn't remember she doesn't remember anything from before a certain incident, and um, it's kind of really hard to describe and it's been a while since I've seen it, but uh, things are happening and she's not sure if they're like her imagination. That um, yeah, like things that like should be creeping her out and she should be telling the police about, but she kind of thinks she's going crazy. But then we know information that you like, no, she's not going crazy. She needs to tell someone. And it just gets super interwoven and more and more intense and, it's, it's very similar to the day in that it, it everything's coming together and you just wonder how these people come up with this stuff that has to happen all at a very particular time and, yeah.
0: Mm. Okay. Except for the horror part, that could be good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm like you. I'm, I have very low tolerance for, like, horror, but I have very high tolerance for drama. So, like, I, I mm. love good, like, I, I will relish a good crime drama um, as long as it's like relatively low levels of like actual graphic violence if that I'm, makes
2: sense I can even tolerate this sound makes me sound like a psycho I can even tolerance <laughs> I can tolerate some like violence I'm not good with stuff that might be like spirits and ghosts and stuff I hate ah, I just yes. hate that idea because I feel like there's nothing you can do against it um and there's just a, a one bit of Tabula Rasa that kind of seems that way because she's she basically she's losing her mind, and so I don't know if you guys have seen Black Swan.
1: I I have seen Black Swan yeah, so many years a, ago, but it's yes, a,
2: a little bit like that where it's like to me that's a very scary concept—the idea that your your own mind could be filling your you, yes. you with images—and so it's yep. kind of that. But it's it's short. It's it's worth getting past that to watch the rest of the series. Okay.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. It's kind of like a questioning of your own reality. Exactly. That yep. is the stressful part.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Love it. Huh. Beck, have you been finding any other cool shows or, or movies in in Danish or any of the other languages that you've got to focus on or in other languages perhaps? I have, um,
1: well, oh yeah, look, a real range this year, I think. Um, I One of the best – Films that I watched actually this year was a movie called Compartment Number Six, um, which was mostly in Russian, uh, a little bit in Finnish. Um, so quite a like different set of languages to anything that I am. That I'm usually watching. Um, that was an excellent film, and I would really recommend it. Basically, takes place on a train um, where these two these these two people randomly are sharing a compartment in like a you know like kind of a sleeper, a sleeper train. train. Yeah, like old style, um, old style, just not what we have in Australia. <laughs> like your, European style trains, where like you know you'd be on it overnight or something, um, and they have a real Um, impact on each other and their perspectives on life. Um, So that was really good and a really fun and interesting like mixture of language there too. Um, Actually an Australian produced drama that uh, was mostly in English um, but more interesting because it also had quite a bit of it that was in and Australian Indigenous language, um, and that was a series called True Colours um, that was on SBS and is still available on SBS On Demand if you want to watch it. Um, but that was a, like a crime drama that's um, set in a remote Aboriginal community um, where the main character, actually the community that the the crime is set in um, or the, the investigation is taking place, actually is her was her home. So, she has a lot of family connections there. She is also an Aboriginal Australian. um, And it's interesting because there is a lot of dialogue in it within the community that is in Arunda. Um, Someone can correct me if my pronunciation of that is incorrect. (laughs) I think it's Arunda. Um, So, the language that is spoken, especially sort of in the area around Alice Springs. Mm. Um, And so, this from a language perspective, that is really intriguing, I think. Um, and the other thing that's really interesting about it too is that it quite it really deals with um, sort of cultural, um, the, the cultural aspect of indigenous communities as well. Very different um, cultural understanding and um, interactions and customs um, that you know perhaps probably a lot of um, Australians don't know much about. Um, And I found that really interesting too because it was something I did not know at all um, about and have since kind of, you know, done a little bit of searching on it because I just thought it was so interesting, such a different way of seeing the world and also um, dealing with um, potentially a very, like a conflict as well. Um, So, yeah, would recommend True Colours. Great. Mm. But yeah, so no, there have been a there have been a few different a few different ones this year. We've been like kind of branching out to lots of different languages and um lots of different like kinds of I think film and TV. Like we're really I think we're really lucky now, so lucky that we have so much that we can we can view online. There's so much available to us, even like you know, within the realms of all of the streaming possibilities that there are, um, there's so much content. There's so much good content internationally and and locally for us as well. Um, and yeah, that's good news for everybody out there, but especially for people who are interested in languages, because we get so much more exposure to um, to all kinds of TV and um, and film.
0: Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, Beck, have you seen? In English, it's called Cry, Cry Wolf, but in Danish, it's called Urban Kommer.
1: No, I haven't watched it, but I have heard about it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Have you yeah. watched it?
2: Yeah, I watched it uh, uh, sort of towards the beginning of this year um, on SVT Places, so Sweden's version of SBS, I guess. Um, yeah, it's good. It's um, it's sort of slow burn intense, like it, it's intense in its content like if I were to describe it right now and to be like, "Oof, I'm not sure I want to watch that," but you don't actually see the stuff, but it's very, yeah, it deals with it. It's very modern Danish in that it deals with some really heavy stuff, mm. um, but in a very mature way. Uh, that that I f- I feel like it kind of it it doesn't just present this and go, "Oh, isn't this such a bad thing?" It sort of shows all these sides of of things um it's basically domestic abuse kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and it's kind of yeah it's showing all these sides of things and particularly in Denmark where they seem to have a fairly advanced system of how to deal with this on an ongoing basis and just like these kind of back and forth family court proceedings and stuff it's it it sounds boring but well it sounds boring slash maybe a bit too much too intense but it's yeah it's really good Mm -hmm.
1: okay amazing another one to add to my list um and um this is why
0: these episodes are so good right your
1: list is i know basically Yeah, I just come away afterwards with a whole bunch of recommendations and I'm like, cool, I'm set up for all of next year. So
2: that's why you shouldn't feel guilty about watching lots of stuff. Right? <laughs>
0: that's fine. Know, basically so doing your community th- service,
2: Beck. <laughs> well,
1: oh, oh, you know, I mean, there's more. I can, I can tell you more of the things I've watched, but, um, you know, how, how much longer, how, how long have we got? <laughs> we actually watched a great um film this is actually quite new so um which just we just watched this the other night and it's on netflix but i don't know if either of you have heard um of either the book or um the fact that there has been this new remake of it um but all quiet on the western front
2: Mm-hmm. I've heard of yeah. the book. I yeah, think yeah. I was proposed to read the book at school, but I didn't.
1: <laughs> well, that's the thing. So I didn't realise, but I think it was a book that was that really featured quite highly on reading lists in Australian schools for a long time. Um, but actually, the original version of the book is in German, mm. um, and the German title of All Quiet on the Western Front is Investen nicht nichts Neues." So, like, in the West, nothing new. Basically, I suppose actually All Quiet on the Western Front is an excellent translation because it's kind of in that sort of, uh, you know, war speak um, of the time, how you would describe the same thing. Um, but yeah, there was, so it was a book written um, originally in German and it's basically, uh, as I understand, I have not read the book, so <laughs> you're like forgive me on um, my, my sort of synopsis here. But it is the experience of, I think, a German soldier who... Um, again, all young boys, of course, because they were all young men who went off to war in the First World War looking for adventure and, of course, very excited um, about the incredible experience that they were about to have, which they all thought was very new, Um, and then being confronted with the absolute dire reality of what, actual combat and um, especially in the first world war of course we you know probably all have some understanding of just how terrible it was Um, and it is yeah that sort of realization those experiences and then of course the trauma um, of those who actually did even return Um, and I think there was a film made many years ago like maybe in the 30s or something really long way back Um, possibly another TV series then made sometime quite a bit later and then now this most recent um, sort of remake of uh, All Quiet on the Western Front has been done and is now available on Netflix and it was um, appropriately like – (laughs) <laughs> kind of distressing, really. Um, I mean, I think it was a it was a good film. Um, obviously there are lots of war films out there, many that tell similar stories of of just the terror um, and destruction of that time. Um, but I I was quite impressed with the how it made you as a viewer um kind of appreciate the helplessness of uh, this kind of wartime situation um and just the the loss I think as well just the, the the pointlessness of it all um that was quite that was quite well done not not dissimilar to um, a film like 1917 if anybody has seen that um which is also a really yeah also a great
2: bring it up yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think this is maybe a hot take of mine, but I think I generally don't love war films. Um, not as in, not just because like they deal with war. I just often feel like they they feel quite incomplete because obviously you can't cover the whole war. And I just kind of feel like, sorry, what was that? Like, I just don't get it within the context of a film. But the my three favourite war films are all, World War One films. I just feel like that's—I don't know—something about World War One <laughs> makes be that sounds horrible, but makes excellent films. Um, so, nineteen seventeen, uh, Joyeux Noël.
1: Mm, I love Joyeux Noël. It's one of my one of my favorite war, war films. I feel like that sounds yeah, terrible, of my, it's my favorite so bad, war films. Yeah. I really enjoyed it too. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, and then I don't know if you guys have heard of or seen a very long engagement, yes. uh, which is also French. yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah.
1: Actually, Joyeux Noel is a really good shout, um, especially coming into the uh, festive time of the year. Yeah. But um, Joyeux Noel is pretty much like kind of almost equally trilingual between mm. um, French, German and English um, for anybody out there who who would like to hear all three of those languages um, and also some really big names in there too. Yeah, um, pre,
2: pre-fame. Big yeah, names. quite yeah.
1: like pre-massive like massive fame. Like yeah. Diane Kruger's in the role, I guess she was probably quite famous. Then Daniel Brühl, mm. um, for anybody out there who's seen Goodbye Lennon, that was his sort of breakout film. Yeah. Um, so yeah some 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 great people in that and film Daniel, and a really good one.
2: Daniel Brühl speaks quite a bit of French in that film and he does. I kind of thought oh, it's, his French sounds a little bit good to have learnt just for the film and I went and looked him up and I think his mother was French and his dad was Spanish but then he grew up in Germany or something he's got he's one of those like sort of by the time he was 20, he spoke five languages without knowing why kind of guy. Um, (laughs) A lucky thing. And then he's an actor, obviously, so, you know, he he learns stuff for roles as well.
1: Well, I remember actually Diane Kruger also, I mean, Diane Kruger, um, she also spoke excellent French in that film too.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. If my memory serves me right. Yeah, I know she Um, does
2: speak French. Yeah, I do remember one pitch where she speaks French.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Anyway, there you go.
2: Okay, sorry, to. I kind of hijacked your point there. No, um, not at all. um, (laughs) Yeah, well, it sounds good. I'll check out. Uh, Sorry, what did you say it was called?
1: So All Quiet on the Western Front. Yes. Mm. All Quiet on the Western Front. Yeah, Yeah, that one's currently on Netflix.
2: Awesome.
0: Mm. I don't want to bring the tone down, but...
1: (laughs) No, oh, Penny, not at all. We were, I don't think we you can ever bring about the tone World down.
2: One, so I'm not sure how much you can bring the tone down. From- I know, oh. are, you, are you sure
1: you're not raising the tone <laughs> <Yeah>. somewhat? <laughs> well, what have you been watching, Penny? Uh, I've
0: been watching really trashy things and, like, you know. You say that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> oh, it's a bit out of character. It really is. Like, I'm not, like, completely highbrow and amazing, but. I'm not like normally right at the, <laughs> the bottom either. <laughs> um but one of the little shows I've been enjoying on Netflix mostly because it's in Korean and I've never learnt Korean before. And I just really love how it sounds. So I'm just enjoying listening to that and it's very light and probably <laughs> not all that amazing but <laughs> Extraordinary Attorney Woo and I don't know whether you've heard about it or you've come across it um but it's about a young lawyer young woman who is on the autism spectrum and it's just about her life as a young lawyer in Seoul and um yeah I just really like hearing the Koreans so that's been that's been good and I shouldn't say complete trash but Another show that I have watched a couple episodes of which is complete trash but there's so much (laughs) Arabic in it that I'm loving listening to the Arabic because that again is a really different sound for me um and (laughs) Dubai bling so reality tv show very outside of my normal watching schedule um but is this Dubai. like
1: is this like the Real Housewives of Dubai or something?
0: Because <laughs> all a sort the people of a who are listening to the podcast and it's not a video podcast, I'm just like covering my face <laughs> in complete shame. <laughs> um, yes, yes, pretty much.
2: Dubai bling. How isn't that a bit of a tautology? Like, is anything in Dubai not bling? Well, like,
0: exactly. This. And I've never been to Dubai, but I've heard lots of stories. And and you know, after watching this, it's like you know part of you wants to go and see it the other part is like whoa that world is so far away from anything that I could ever be but I am loving hearing the Arabic because again it's not a language that I have sought out or heard a lot and yeah it's it's really nice really nice to hear in a very natural kind of conversation well as conversational and natural as reality tv show gets but you get the gist. And um, so if you're up for a bit of craziness, that is on Netflix. Amazing.
1: I actually, I also love the sound of Arabic. Um, and I think, cause it's so, it's so different to to anything that I have learned really in the past. And the, the sounds are so different. They come from such a different part of the, you know, you're, face and throat like I I find that where where it's like where those sounds appear I I don't I don't know how to create them um and so I find it very intriguing to listen to but very beautiful
0: Mm. yeah Mm. definitely
1: um I don't know if either of you know this this is a bit of a sidetrack from (laughs) from series and like films and stuff but um I think I've like messed up the algorithm um on our like on our TV, like our connected television, Um, because I keep getting ads in Arabic now because a few times I have turned on the news in Arabic um, on (laughs) SBS On Demand Um, and now our TV thinks that I speak some Arabic, which I do not. Um, But the reason I was doing that was because now um, SBS actually produces like a local news um like local kind of Australian news um, program in Arabic on weeknights um and I just thought it was really interesting to to see what that sounds like it's kind of like looking at the same news that you're used to seeing in English about Australia and all Australian things that are happening here um but in another language which is so it's almost like a this cool kind of of out-of-body experience like imagine if you were somebody who couldn't if your English was not such that like listening to the news on a daily basis was was very comprehensible to you um, then how different would it be if you found it in your the language that you are comfortable in and then finding that you can understand all of the regular news about everything that's going on Um, I think that's really that's really cool they also have it available in um, Mandarin Chinese as well
2: Mm. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. now yeah. I've, no. I've
1: very much confused the TV because now it thinks that it should serve me ads in Arabic, which is not
2: correct. I did the, <laughs> I did exactly the same thing. I know how you feel because I did the same thing. Although it's weird that you just did it that once, uh, and seeming not when you just got the TV, right?
1: No, 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 no. Okay, yeah.
2: because I think what I I broke our Disney Plus. Because broken, it you haven't broken it. Oh wait, sorry, no, it wasn't Disney Plus. It was um, it was Amazon Prime. So when we first got uh, we first got a Fire TV stick, so the thing that you know connects all your stuff, but particularly Amazon Prime. It's an Amazon device, and the first thing I watched when I got it was from Mexico. But we the series is like probably sixty percent in English. Because the the police there, are, they're like American police. Um, so most of the conversations are between them. And so, yeah, the series is more in English than it is in Spanish. But if you chose the language on there as being English, then it would also dub the Mexican's speech, which really annoys me, right? Ooh. Even I don't know if I like that. No, no, no. <laughs> so, but if you set it to Spanish, then it would the Mexicans would speak Spanish like they're supposed to, just the original sound, but the English people, the Americans would still speak English because like, so they dubbed it one way, but not the other, which is what we want. But it just meant that I had to, I was like, I think I want to watch it in English. No, actually I chose Spanish straight away because I was like, it's a Mexican series, right? Surely it's in Spanish. The English would be a dub, but it turns out that the English was a dub of both, whereas the Spanish was only the Spanish was correct, basically.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But I think I don't know. But I think that because that's the first series I watched on there, it now thinks we're like Mexicans. So, <laughs> so now it now thinks you're a Spanish speaking household. Exactly. So like it, I, I, it's yeah. That's actually so. That's what it'll do. You'll watch literally anything on there, and it if Spanish is an available language, it will just set it to that. But I find it that really interesting. How many times we change it or anything?
1: Yeah, I, I don't. I, I actually hate the idea of like the the computer that like the smart devices making a decision for me about yes. how I like what language I should. Pi- I should pigeonholing be. you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's like it's like. Don't assume that I only speak this Um, and I I kind of almost find it like a little bit offensive Um, but also like just genuinely frustrating as somebody who enjoys listening to other languages. So like I I remember when actually this is going back a while now but when some of the social media platforms first started um, kind of automatically translating Um, content like even if it was just like captions on Facebook or um, like I think on Twitter for a little while it was like actually translating people's tweets and it was like you can turn this function off and I was like absolutely that's terrible why would I want to see a bad translation (laughs) or like why would I even want to see an AI translation of a language that actually I can understand like the computer just doesn't know that I do. I don't, I don't want the computer to know that I do, <laughs> do or don't speak anything. Like it just, I should have the, I should have the control over any content that I see, whether it is a TV series, a video, or like someone's random tweet about their breakfast. Um, I should be able to decide to see that in the original language, and if I decide to to then translate it otherwise. And that like that's how I have it set now on, I think, Instagram because I know that, like, I remember getting a thing that said, oh, would you like us to automatically translate? And I was like, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> and then as soon as there are times when I do want to be able to translate something, like, for example, like I follow quite a lot of Danish accounts now where I like to try to understand the caption and see if I can read some of the comments and then if I don't understand enough, or like I want to double check, then I'll click on the translate button and then switch it back. Nice. Um, but, yeah, I'm like, oh, computer, you know too much. Not fair. <laughs> or like how dare you make that assumption about me in the languages I speak or don't speak.
2: <laughs> well, I think I, I completely agree with everything you just said, but just going back to my like the Amazon thing, what yeah. was annoying to me about it was that, That's right. The series just started up in English because it's like, you know, you're in Australia. You've set your device language to English. We'll just do it in English. But it was when a Mexican came on screen and started speaking and their lips were out of sync. And I was like, oh, wait, it's going to dub the Mexicans. No, this is a disaster. We can't have this just because, you know, I'm not learning Spanish, but like I, you know, (laughs) um. And so I, I switched it over to Spanish. But then it was like, oh, okay, you guys are Spanish speakers. And I'm like, no, I'm just watching the series in the language. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Mexican series. Like, give me a break.
1: <laughs> you have misinterpreted this situation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, we I must like be
2: one
0: or the other.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I know. I think, I think there is a future episode of Language Chats where we need to talk about technology. Um mm. and the impact of, of things like AI on um, on how we all interpret and view languages across the internet. Oh, good
0: topic thinking, Beck. Mm. I'll add that to the spreadsheet. Mm. <laughs> um Lamont, thank you. What a fun episode. I mean, we've no got so Thanks, much buddy. more to talk about. And I don't know whether Beck we need to have a part two or we need to like write some of these other ideas down, but We've covered so many amazing shows and films.
1: Yeah, so many different things and um, we will, of course, do our best in the show notes to try and document um, some of the things that have been brought up today um, and include links to them where we can, um, but otherwise, depending on whether you are in Australia or whether you're somewhere further afield um, from where the three of us are, um, we're sure that with the title um, you will be able to find um, some of these great recommendations um, that we've had today um, and especially from Lamont. Thank you for joining us um, again for a second time on Language Chats this year. What a pleasure for us. Um, but also great to hear um, your recommendations too because, yeah, I know I'm walking away from today with a whole new list of things to watch in 2023.
2: <laughs> no worries. No, it was, it's always a pleasure and thanks for having me. And, yeah, I've got to, I've got to go back through the episode and write down your recommendations as well. So it's good.
0: Yeah, tune awesome. into Dubai Bling, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I might
2: not, might not be that one.
0: Thanks,
1: Lamont. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lamont. And, guys, we'll also make sure that in the, uh, in the show notes too you can find um, where to find Lamont online, of course, um, especially given that it sounds like you've got a uh, cool new announcement coming up.
2: Big announcements Woo-hoo. about my life that I hope someone else cares about. But, yeah. <laughs>
0: Just remind our listeners: your YouTube channel is.
2: Uh, it's called Days of French and Swedish, but I will give away that my next language is not French. So I have been trying to think of a name change for a while Ooh. now,
1: um,
2: because I think it's putting. I, th- I think it's actually keeping some people away who just assume that I talk about French and Swedish all the time. Yep. So, okay. Yeah. okay.
0: Cool. All right. Big news to come. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks Thank a lot. You. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Language Chats. We really hope you enjoyed our chat with Lamont and you got heaps of awesome takeaways to add to your to-watch list.
1: Always so good to have the recommendations. I love it every year when we do this episode, just so that I can have all of the new things that I can watch, um, watch afterwards. Um, so yes, we hope you've enjoyed it. Um, and if you would like to um, share, maybe with the rest of our community, what you've been watching, what have you been, um, what have you been watching and seeing, viewing um, in language this year, um, then you can join our Facebook group, the Language Lovers AU community. You can also find us in uh, the usual internet places, um, we're on Facebook, um, Language Lovers AU, um, or on Instagram, languagelovers.au. And then of course, if you do just want to find out a little bit more information about us and this podcast, you can go to languagelovers.com.au.
0: And we are so grateful for all your wonderful comments and reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So don't forget, if you haven't left us a rating or a review, please jump on and do that now. And this amazing review is from Jade Jelly who says, I've only listened to one episode so far, but I've subscribed because I know there's going to be lots ahead for me. Penny and Beck are super relatable, even though we don't study the same language because they're on a language journey just like me. It's really made me see that all language learners are united, not only through the passion and interest, but also the way we navigate the many options and worries that can come along with learning a language. Looking forward to binging. Thanks heaps, Jay Jelly, for leaving us that awesome review.
1: A lovely review.
0: So flattered. (laughs) So we will be reading out a beautiful review like that every episode. So stay tuned for your review to be read out as well. And we will catch you in another fortnight. See you next time. Bye.